What's happening guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for August the 2nd of 2019. Of course, if you are brand new to the show, this is a daily gaming news podcast where I keep you up to date and informed on everything happening in the beautiful gaming industry. And of course, today, as you can see by the headline, the adjacent but completely and totally intertwined gaming entertainment industry because Ninja has announced he is switching streaming platforms, moving from Twitch, the number one platform for video content creation in the live space, to Mixer, not the number one video platform for live creation. So we will talk more about that big move. Do you think money exchanged hands? I'd say a few bucks. We're going from one wallet into the other one. However, yesterday was a big day for gaming news because we got the full multiplayer reveal for Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the soft reboot that is going to be coming later this October. I will tell you more about the game itself and on top of that, how you can get in on the open beta, which is coming sooner than you might think. Then Destiny 2 Shadowkeep and New Light, the not free and free to play models of the game respectively have been delayed by a couple of weeks. We will talk more about when you can get your hands on those. GameStop is laying off more people, specifically in the regional manager department as it searches for a future for its brick and mortar store. Sony is planning to make everyone a PS4 competitive gamer. You could win some cash on the side and I will talk to you about how you can hone your skills in at least three games with more to be announced in the coming months. Nintendo is teaming up with Tencent, hypothetically to bring the Switch to China, which would be a very big win for Nintendo and a very big win for Tencent when it comes to their partner lineup because, man, they seem to be working with everyone. But speaking of the Nintendo Switch, if you want to get access to one of the platform's biggest sports games, I will tell you how you can get free access to Mario Tennis Aces starting next week. And that's pretty much the lineup for today's show. Again, if you are brand new here, welcome on in, and I do hope you enjoy what I bring to the table. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top gaming news, starting off with the fact that Ninja is going to be streaming exclusively on Mixer from here on out, not on Twitch. Tyler Ninja Blevins, the patron saint of Twitch, announced today that he is moving his channel over to the significantly less popular streaming platform, Mixer. News of the frankly shocking transition comes the day before Blevins' Lollapalooza stream, which will now take place here on Mixer. Quote, I know this may come as a shock to many of you, but as of today, I will be streaming exclusively on Mixer, Blevins, who has 15 million Twitch followers, said in a video posted to Twitter. I feel like this is a really good chance to get back in touch with my roots and really remember why I fell in love with streaming in the first place. And of course, you can check out the full reveal video, which is, as of the time of recording this podcast, sitting at number two on the trending tab on YouTube. Again, let me reiterate, yesterday, big day for gaming news, Call of Duty multiplayer reveal came out with a brand new trailer featuring Enter Sandman by Metallica, big action-packed, high-octane adventure. It's sitting at number seven. That's how popular Ninja is. Mixer, which is owned by Microsoft, pulls viewer numbers that pale in comparison to Twitch's. According to recent data from Stream Elements, the two-year-old platform has 3% of all live streaming hours watched as compared to Twitch's 72%. Twitch offered their own statement on the loss of their biggest streamer. We are loved, excuse me, we've loved watching Ninja on Twitch over the years and are proud of all that he has accomplished for himself and his family and the gaming community. We wish him the best of luck in his future endeavors. Currently, Blevins' new Mixer chat is blowing up, moving faster than light with questions, welcome statements, poggers, and other internet-y language honed by Twitch culture. Meanwhile, Ninja's partner check on Twitch has been removed from his channel. 
In a follow-up video, Blevins explained that he had been holding on to the news for a while now, but didn't further clarify the reasons behind his decision. One source with knowledge of the streaming industry says, and get this, hard to believe, Mixer has offered money for streamers to switch over, with some deals exceeding $1 million. Kotaku has reached out to Blevins and Mixer for comment on whether that was the case. Are you saying that the number one the number one streamer on Twitch is leaving is leaving for money? No. No. Could I be any more sarcastic? Probably not. At the end of the announcement video, the camera pans off to a fridge of Red Bull, one of Blevins' sponsors, dressed in journalist garb. Ninja responds as if it had asked a question, and of course he says, wow, I mean, that was one of the best questions I have ever been asked. And that's where we choose to end this article on Kotaku. Okay, then. But this is massive news, and I will tell you why. Because it's Ninja. Uh, I can confirm that many streamers have actually been recruited by Mixer and brought over from Twitch to stream on their platform. This is something that has been happening for... Uh, Roughly the entire course of its life cycle, we saw this a lot in the beginning of 2018 with a lot of big names switching over. Renee comes to mind, Punchstick comes to mind, uh, a couple of other ones that have been recruited specifically to stream on Mixer, uh, KMagic101. They have been trying to really get grassroots campaigns going on the Mixer front to create communities that people want to come back to and that also make other streamers want to come and try out Mixer and build a community on the Twitch competitor. And so far, although many people haven't begun uh, to really try out Mixer, it seems like nothing has really stuck. But then you throw around Ninja money, and you could definitely see some results. To get Ninja to stream from Twitch and change over to Mixer, that takes a lot of money, that takes a lot of investment, and that takes, without a doubt, a pretty big move on all fronts from Ninja from Mixer. This is something that was not taken lightly, and I think that it could pay off in a big, big way because of the communication that we are already seeing and the conversations that we are already seeing happening within the gaming entertainment community. Tons of streamers talking about switching over to Mixer, especially smaller streamers. You see on Ninja's own channel, free subs being offered as a celebration of Ninja coming over to Mixer. Over 100,000 of these free subscriptions had been redeemed as of last night, and I can't even imagine what the number is as of of this morning, you are definitely going to be seeing a lot of traffic going from Twitch to Mixer just because Ninja has made the switch. Now the big question is, what is the back end looking like on this? How long will this giant surge actually last? And that, quite frankly, is still up in the air. I am not entirely sure if this is going to be a change that lasts for a very, very long time. You could see Ninja uh, become the number one streamer on Mixer overnight, which is obviously what's going to be happening. And he maintains that position and everybody else begins to kind of fade away, if you will. And then it becomes, instead of Mixer, it's just Ninja now. That's, that's all you get. But, alternatively, a high tide raises all boats. So if you have tons of people coming over from Twitch to Mixer to check out Ninja, once they get tired of watching Fortnite, once they get tired of watching Ninja, once Ninja goes offline, you begin to see this giant conglomeration of people trickle down and check out other streamers on the platform, and that's when you begin to see the true growth. Because there is a rich culture over on Mixer that has been growing and has been flourishing, but it just seems like people haven't really been checking it out. I think there's a lot of potential on Mixer to create communities. And in fact, I'm considering switching the podcast uh, over there myself, considering that this is not the main portion the live portion uh, of the podcast is not the main portion of the content that I make, and so why not go ahead and give it a shot over there where there is little to no podcast coverage. Uh, but again, 
I'm not the focus of the story here. We're talking about Ninja, and the fact that Ninja is going to be streaming exclusively on Mixer is a very, very big deal. Now, a lot of people have been speculating as to how much money he was actually paid. I doubt we will ever know the full figures. I've seen as high as, I believe, 962 million was the rumor that was circulating early yesterday. I've seen people talking about a million. I've seen people talking about a lot of various figures, but at the end of the day, it's his decision. Obviously, it's one that he made with a sound peace of mind kind of approach because he seems very excited to be getting in on the mixer front. But we will see how all of this unfolds over the coming weeks. Of course, if you want to know more about my thoughts on the entire situation, last night I made a hot take video, which is up now on youtube.com slash Media, talking about Mixer in 2019, what's happening with Twitch, how Ninja changes the game for smaller streamers, for Mixer as a platform, a lot of big thoughts in that pretty long form video if you do want to catch up and see exactly what I think about everything. Uh, but... With that being said, let's move on to talk more about video games themselves, because Call of Duty Modern Warfare is getting a beta kicking off in September with crossplay. Players on PC, PS4, and Xbox One will battle each other in the beta, but it has since been confirmed that the crossplay functionality will depend and will function based off of what your input device is. So if you were on PC playing with controller, you could be paired up with people on PS4 and Xbox One. If you were on keyboard and mouse, that's a bit unfair, so it sounds like you were going to be paired with people on the keyboard and mouse on a PC, or I suppose an Xbox One, if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty of it. But that's all beside the point. When can you get in on the game? Call of Duty Modern Warfare is coming to console and PC on October the 25th, but players will get an early look at the game's multiplayer suite in September thanks to a series of beta tests. Those beta tests include a test of the new Modern Warfare's cross-platform multiplayer support on PS4, PC, and Xbox One. The first beta test for Call of Duty Modern Warfare will run from September 12th through the 16th, but only on the PlayStation 4. Early access for players who pre-order the PS4 version will run September 12th through the 13th, while an open beta will run the 14th through the 16th. A second beta test period will start on September the 19th, when developer Infinity Ward will test crossplay across PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Like the previous weekend, those who pre-order the PC or Xbox One version of the game will get early access to the beta on September the 19th through the 20th, an open crossplay beta for all platforms will run September 21st through the 23rd. Our goal with Modern Warfare is to bring all gamers together for day one to play together, said Patrick Kelly, creative director and co-studio head at Infinity Ward in a press release. We are doing away with the season pass, we're delivering a mix of free maps, a ton of content following launch, and we are developing the game for crossplay. We are live testing now and fans will get to try for themselves next month in the beta. This is a new day for Call of Duty multiplayer and today is just the start. We have many more exciting reveals coming for fans that we cannot wait to share. For more on Call of Duty Modern Warfare multiplayer, you can check out Polygon's hands-on impressions of the game and of course many other people getting hands-on impressions from big outlets like Polygon, like IGN, to smaller content creators, of which I believe 120 or so uh, were invited out to the studio to go ahead and go hands-on with the game. But let's talk more about how big the game itself will be before we delve into a couple of details. Call of Duty Modern Warfare's big maps support over 100 players, and the team regularly plays 64-player tests. Does that sound like Battlefield? That sounds like Battlefield. Call of Duty Modern Warfare developer Infinity Ward is pushing some very high player counts in its biggest maps without turning it into a battle royale. Before Black Ops 4 Blackout, the mere thought of big team battles in Call of Duty would have probably been dismissed as wishful thinking. Last year, Treyarch stretched its tech to the limits, but it managed to create a 100-player battle royale mode on a large map. 
Modern Warfare is bringing its own fresh tech, and Infinity Ward says the game can comfortably handle high player count game modes. In fact, the team has been testing various steps to find a good balance. At the Modern Warfare multiplayer reveal event this week, the developer had a number of game modes and maps on display, and the highest was a five-flag domination for 40 players in a 20v20 setup. We have played with higher player counts, but it's just not here today. Those buns are still cooking in the oven, said Jeff Smith, multiplayer design director. Asked whether 20v20 is the ceiling, Smith revealed that the team had pushed it to as much, much higher levels. These battle maps get much bigger and a high player count. We play 64 all the time and over 100. We are just trying to find that balance of what is the sweet spot. All of this is possible in traditional Call of Duty game modes as well, not necessarily Battle Royale. Oh, it's not a Battle Royale, clarified Smith. It's core multiplayer. It's five flag domination. Round time is another factor the dev takes into consideration when dealing with these large game modes, as Smith explained. A lot of these numbers we noodle with all the time, from player count to time, you want it to be a excuse me, you want it to last a good bit, just so you have that feeling that you can just explore a bit and not feel so pressured to achieve an objective, he said. By the same token, having that many players in the same space could also create performance problems when it comes to killstreaks, not to mention balance. This is another reason why Infinity Ward didn't show any of that this week, as many specifics are still being worked out. And of course, again, the game is coming out in full on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on October the 25th. And so I could go much more in depth with the coverage of Modern Warfare because so much information has come out in just the past couple of days. We see confirmation of killstreaks, we see this giant trailer. Uh, that I'm now going to loop because it's pretty good B-roll for what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, but, by the way, fantastic trailer. Uh, so, again, the game is massive. The game is a soft reboot of the Modern Warfare sub-franchise, if you will. That's how I like to label what's going on within Call of Duty. Uh, but how does the game look? It looks really, really good. This new engine really pops. I think the gameplay is going to be the most innovative that we've seen in Call of Duty in recent years because it seems like the general consensus is that it is not your fast-paced uh, arcade-style approach like you traditionally get from a Call of Duty multiplayer experience. It has that element. It does have that feel. But there are slower elements that are included as well. There is a lot of a tactical kind of approach in this year's Call of Duty, and that changes things a good bit that I think is going to bring in players from other franchises, like PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, like Battlefield. You are going to be seeing a different kind of Call of Duty that does feel familiar, but it also feels comfortably different and comfortably new. And I think that's exactly what the franchise needs. Now, I am a bit biased. I love Call of Duty, and I have been excited about Modern Warfare since its reveal a couple of months back around E3. Uh, but I'm still going to temper my expectations. The game itself looks stellar. I'm very excited to dive in on day one of the beta, if I possibly can. I don't normally pre-order games, but man, do I want this game incredibly badly, uh, because I see so many little elements that bring back pieces of nostalgia for me, like the Javelin, like the Juggernaut. Uh, so many little, little small intricacies within the trailer really just speak to me uh, that I cannot wait to get my hands on this one. But I will say I was watching a ton of videos yesterday with content creators giving their two cents on how the game played, and of what I gathered, this game plays a lot like Call of Duty Ghost when it comes to the feel of the game, when it comes to the of the game and when it comes to the way that the weapons function uh, within the game because this is not going to be your laser beam kind of point A to point B immediate reaction time from whenever you are firing a gun to whenever the bullet is hitting. Uh, this is actually making every gun uh, something that fires projectiles. So you do have a, a fire and then a reception on the back end that changes up the way the game feels and the way that overall you kind of have to plan your shots and get used to the way the game plays. But 
everybody will get used to it over time, and it definitely is good to see Call of Duty going in a bit of a different direction with the way that they are offering up their gameplay experience for 2019. But again, if you do want to dive in, that open beta begins in September on a variety of platforms at a variety of times on a variety of dates, so I would recommend checking to see when your platform of choice goes live. But without a doubt, exciting times to be a fan of Call of Duty because some big new stuff is going to be coming to the franchise this year. Did you guys catch that? That was a nuke. Oh boy, the nuke is back. However, if you don't want to wait for a new game all the way until October 25th, of course, whenever Modern Warfare comes out, you could wait just a couple of weeks towards the beginning of October because Destiny 2 Shadowkeep and New Light are delayed by a couple of weeks but still coming out relatively soon. Bungie has announced a slight delay to the release of the Destiny 2 Shadowkeep expansion from September 17th to October the 1st. Destiny 2 New Light, the rebranded free version of the game that will include all year one missions, activities, and rewards has also been pushed back to the same date, but the long-awaited cross-save feature is still slated to arrive this summer, well ahead of Shadowkeep. As we get closer and closer to serving up Shadowkeep and New Light, it has become increasingly clear to us that our releases for this fall would benefit from a bit more time in the oven, Bungie explained in a blog post. Being independent means that the future of Destiny 2 is entirely on our team. It also means that we are agile enough to choose to do what is best for the game and our players, even if it is the hard choice. Bungie didn't delve into the specific reasons for the delay. Developers don't tend to in these situations, but said that it didn't make this decision lightly and apologized for screwing up any plans people might have made to ditch work in order to dive into the expansion the moment it goes live. It also laid out some other date-related changes coming in the wake of the rescheduling. The world first for the new raid, Garden of Salvation, will begin on Saturday, October the 5th. It's a weekend raid race and contest will be active. We are extending moments of triumph through September 17th. You will have three more weeks to complete this year's challenges and unlock all of the in-game and Bungie rewards. We are going to run an additional Iron Banner the week of September 17th as well, and Cross Save will come online later this summer, so you will have time to sort out your friends list well ahead of Shadow Keep. This is probably the biggest Destiny 2 news of the day, but Bungie confirmed that the regular This Week at Bungie update will run as usual later today. And of course, it did later yesterday. Game director Luke Smith also said he hopes to go more in-depth on what Bungie has learned about D2 over the past six months, the post-Activision era basically, and how and why. It's impacting some of the changes being made to Shadowkeep. And of course, still a very solid release date for the Shadowkeep expansion as well as the New Light free-to-play version of Destiny. Again, now coming on October the 1st of 2019 if you did want to get in on day numero uno. Uh, but everything has changed within the Destiny universe in the course of just six months because now that they are free from Activision, big changes can be made. And I guarantee you, I 100% guarantee you that if Bungie was still under Activision, that release date never would have changed. It would have just been crunch time week after week until it was pumped out and people began playing the game, and it probably would have been better off in the fact of the way that it is now. That was a weird way to say that. It's better off being delayed than pumped out early and it's kind of shitty. That's what I'm trying to get across. Uh, I believe in the words of one of the former Nintendo heads, the name escapes from my mind, uh, but a bad game is always bad, but a delayed game is always... You understand where I'm coming from with this. It doesn't matter when a game comes out as long as it's good. That's pretty much what we're getting here. 
And of course, the sanity of the developers is always going to be something that is first and foremost when it comes to what is important in the development of any game. Uh, but if you did want to dive into Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, it is going to be coming out on October the 1st of 2019 alongside New Light. Uh, but it's good to see the cross-save feature is going to be coming a bit earlier uh, instead of coming on day of release because that gives people, as the article does say, time to kind of get acquainted and figure out exactly where they want to play, sync everything up, make sure that the cross save is all well and good before we dive in to the game itself whenever the basically rebirth of destiny begins in just a couple of weeks uh, but destiny has been in a really good place in the past couple of months especially over the summer uh, as more content changes have been made and as the game itself has kind of grown in to this new era i watch a lot of destiny i don't really play it but whenever i'm working on something a project or even at work i'll throw up a destiny 2 stream in the background just to have something of an ambient noise and man, people love D2 these days. And I would say it pretty much is the nail in the coffin for Anthem. But that's another video for another day. Uh, if you did want to get in on Destiny 2 Shadow Keep, it's coming out in just a couple of weeks now on October the 1st instead of its former release date. But you better pick it up from GameStop while you can still have that beautiful musky GameStop experience because they have laid off dozens of regional managers as they search for a brand new future over at GameStop. On Tuesday, several GameStop employees took to Reddit to report that their regional sales supervisors had been laid off. These anecdotal reports, combined with tips to Kotaku about some layoffs, have since been bolstered by an email from GameStop management, whose authenticity Kotaku has confirmed, that surfaced stating more than 50 people had been let go across the company's regional sales teams. As part of our continued GameStop reboot and transformation initiative, a dedicated team, including the retail vice presidents, HRLP, and the U.S. store operations leadership team, have been working diligently to realign our current field regions and districts in an effort to reduce our cost structure and build efficiencies into our field leadership organization so that we can reinvest in the business, reads an email sent to employees at affected stores on behalf of Gary Riding, the company's senior VP of U.S. stores. That was a weird way to say we're laying people off. Unfortunately, with these changes, there are more than 50 field leaders who have been impacted and will be leaving the GameStop team. It continues. These, excuse me, this includes regional, district, HR, human resources, and LP loss prevention leaders. These decisions are not easy, but necessary to help us reduce costs to enable investment in revenue-driving initiatives that will help grow the business once again. One of the affected employees who spoke to Kotaku on the condition of anonymity confirmed the email was real. It was widespread, 50-plus DLs, district leaders, six RLs, regional leaders, multiple HR, human resources, and LP, loss prevention staff, the person said in an email. The individual believed that most of the people targeted in the layoffs were high-paid district leaders responsible for coordinating several individual stores as well as underperformers. Most districts and regions are massive now, the new, now former employee said. DLs have 20-plus stores, and quality of living, I would assume, is going to go down. Prior to the restructuring, they said district leaders oversaw 15 stores or fewer on average. Earlier this year, GameStop reportedly laid off a dozen employees in charge of marketing and website maintenance for ThinkGeek, the toy brand acquired by GameStop in 2015 for $140 million. The revenue-driving initiatives mentioned in the email could be a reference to the company's plans to pivot to esports. In July, GameStop announced it had partnered with a design firm to drastically change how some of its stores operated, including making some that would cater to homegrown e-leagues and that others would be entirely focused on retro games. Of course, in June, the company's share price dropped by 30% down to $5.04, and then nearly two months later, still dropping, now at around $4.02 per share. 
And this is something we've been talking about for a very, very long time, uh, pretty much since the beginning of 2019. Uh, but to see layoffs yet again speaks volumes because they continue to go on day after day, week after week, beginning to try and figure out how to turn GameStop around and make it a profitable business again. And quite frankly, I think it's a relic of the past. GameStop is not going to be going anywhere in the next few years, but without a doubt, the tides are changing and change is coming, and I don't think GameStop is going to be part of the new generation of how people get their games, at least not for the foreseeable future. I couldn't see this company lasting longer than five years at this point. Uh, but of course, whenever I talk about anybody being laid off, whenever I talk about anybody losing their job, I always want to kind of, you know, uh, give my condolences because losing your job, regardless of your industry or regardless of where you happen to work, is never a good time. It's always a pain and it's always something that can be definitely life altering in a big, big way. And so my thoughts go out to those affected uh, by the layoffs, but they're definitely making some changes and they're investing heavily in trying to restructure the store model and restructure exactly what GameStop is in the modern day. Now trying to become more of a a cultural focal point as compared to just a place where you go and buy your games that smells slightly of Cheetos and Taco Bell and, and underarm sweat, which is pretty much what I've been experiencing with GameStop as of late. Uh, but with that being said, if you were curious as to what's going on with GameStop, they're laying off dozens and dozens of people. And in the chat, we have a question, which reads, how much do you think Ninja got paid to stream exclusively on Mixer? I would say enough to save GameStop. That goes in to a pretty big figure. But that's just my two cents. Now, moving on, Sony is planning to make everyone a PS4 competitive gamer. It's launching a seasonal online tournament series with cash prizes. Sony is hoping it can rally its PlayStation fans around esports. Today, the company announced seasonal PS4 tournaments. It's inviting users of all levels to participate in competitive online gaming through their PS4 consoles, and it's even offering cash prizes. The PS4 Tournaments Challenger Series will kick off with Mortal Kombat 11 on August the 6th, and each tournament will run for a few weeks and be broken into stages. In the first round, you will have to win at least three out of four matches to advance to stage two, and that should improve your odds compared to single elimination structures. The tournaments will be seasonal, so you will have multiple chances to play each title. And after Mortal Kombat 11 wraps up, Sony will launch FIFA 20, Battlefield 5, and Warface tournaments, and others are also going to be announced later this year. It may be coincidental, but earlier this week, Sony revealed that its PS4 sales dropped to 17.8 million, down 1.2 million from 2017, and it expects sales in 2019 to decline too as the console generation rounds out, and it is in no way, shape, or form related even remotely to this competitive series. Uh, but the big question is, will this actually work? Uh, will this be something that is fun? Will this be something that is effective in bringing people together to actually become competitive gamers on the PS4? It depends on the execution. I think that it would be fantastic with a pretty big marketing push behind it because there is a big competitive scene all around. Esports is becoming one of the biggest forms of entertainment and of, of pretty much uh, a big form of, of gaming culture in 2019 or a big piece of gaming culture in 2019. And so to have that kind of competitive experience baked in on the PS4, which it already is, but to see it fleshed out and given the attention it deserves could be a pretty big win uh, for the PlayStation as it continues to evolve not only the PlayStation 4 generation, but also find an identity within the next generation. And so if you are good at any of these games that I mentioned, Mortal Kombat 11, Warface, Battlefield 5, FIFA 20, uh, you can definitely dive in and check out everything beginning on August the 6th, again with the PS4 Challenge 
Challenger series. And uh, I'm not good at video games at all. I just like playing them for fun. But if you are genuinely good and you happen to be playing on PS4, you could dive in and go head to head with some of the best in some of these games. Uh, but definitely exciting times to be into the world of competitive gaming and into the world of PlayStation. And I would say just in general, be into gaming. Uh, pretty impressive overall to see where the industry is trending in the latter half of 2019. But maybe you don't want to play on the PlayStation 4, maybe you don't want to play on the Xbox One, maybe you want to play on the Switch, but you happen to live in China. Well, guess what? Nintendo and Tencent reveal Switch release plans for China. Tencent comes with risk but could be the ideal partner for Nintendo. At a press event at the China Joy Gaming Conference in Shanghai yesterday, Tencent and Nintendo announced the first details of their strategy for releasing the Nintendo Switch console in China. The Chinese internet giant will be providing cloud services and servers for the Switch's online platform in China, as well as localizing Nintendo's games into simplified Chinese. Titles like Super Mario Odyssey and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild have already been announced with more on the way. The Switch's eShop store will also be modified so that users can buy games with Tencent's hugely popular WeChat payment system. The company's collaboration was first revealed in April when Tencent won initial approval from Guangdong authorities to start selling the Switch. What is still not known is when the Switch will actually be released in China or how much it will cost. There are, of course, still various layers of regulatory approval that Nintendo and Tencent need to work their way through before they can launch the, of course, console, but the potential upside is huge. Although China is the world's biggest gaming market, almost all of that is accounted for by smartphones and PCs. Console manufacturers have only legally been able to sell their hardware in the country for a few years, following a ban first implemented in 2000. The PS4 became the first current-gen console to be released in China in 2015. This is not Nintendo's first attempt to crack the Chinese market with a partner. A joint venture called IQ Player was launched in 2003. The unusual design involved cramming Nintendo 64 hardware into a customized controller that hooked up to a TV, essentially a plug-and-play, and owners had to visit in-store kiosks to download games to memory. The effort, as it sounds, was not successful. And so, of course, they're going up against stuff like Honor of Kings and PUBG Mobile, with a ton of the market being dominated, as they say, by the mobile space. But the big question here is, could the Switch actually compete in the Chinese market? Absolutely. It would be an absolute hit whenever the Nintendo Switch comes to China. I won't even say if anymore because it is inevitable at this point. The fact that the wheels have been in motion on this have... This is going to be ground-shaking for the Chinese market because of the fact that it does thrive on the mobile space. And considering the power of the Switch in the mobile space, even the Switch Lite, the draw and the value that it brings to the table for mobile gamers, that is going to be a huge seller for Nintendo. And once they get in there and create these giant in-depth experiences like Breath of the Wild, like Super Mario Odyssey and more to come... That is going to really resonate with people, I believe, in a way that nothing has resonated since the consoles have been banned, of course, as of 2000. And so hopefully this is something we can see, you know, coming into fruition in the coming months. But overall, this collaboration is going to take time. It's going to take interacting with the government, which is a pain in the ass, regardless of where you live in the world. And overall, it is definitely, definitely going to take a lot of money. But that investment, without a doubt, worth it because of the potential return on getting into the Chinese market. Uh, again, one of the biggest, I would say even the biggest, gaming industry uh, portion in the world. The biggest portion of the gaming... The profit margin here is going to be nuts. I'm just kind of having an, an aneurysm even thinking about it. Uh, but 
If you already happen to have a Nintendo Switch, I've got a freebie for you. Nintendo Switch Online subscribers can play Mario Tennis Aces for free starting next week. And this, of course, rounds out today's show. Switch Online members can take advantage of a game trial for Mario Tennis Aces next week. Starting on August the 7th, Switch Online subscribers can play Mario Tennis Aces for free until August the 13th. As of press time, the game trial has only been announced for Europe, but we suspect other territories will be included. And of course, they will update this post if an announcement is made. Players who are currently using or have yet to use the 7-day free trial of Nintendo Switch Online can also take advantage of the game trial. And so the game will also be on sale for 33% off until August the 20th if you did want to go ahead and fulfill that purchase if you did enjoy what the game brings to the table. But cool to see that we are getting a free trial of Mario Tennis Aces, at least in the uh, overseas European region, but hopefully around the world as well. Of course, as we've been saying, Switch Online, a pretty shockingly impressive offering from Nintendo that is continuing to improve week after week in 2019. But with that being said, that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. Of course, if you are brand new to the show, it is hosted five days a week on twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams, then taken down and put up on podcast services around the world, as well as youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. But you guys have a fantastic rest of your weekend. I will talk to you soon and enjoy the other podcast. Peace.